Your film is now ready to be shown. Good afternoon. I'm Justin Hendricks, editor of Tech Policy Press, a nonprofit media and community venture intended to provoke new ideas, debate, and discussion at the intersection of technology and democracy. Tensions between Russia and the West are growing rapidly. A Russian military buildup is visible on the ground and from the air. In 2014, Russia took military action in Ukraine, and concerns are again running high. Good evening, Nora. The White House continues to believe Russia could invade Ukraine at any time, and today went further than ever before to make clear. Vladimir Putin will face personal economic sanctions if he invades, and U.S. troops could be headed to the region sooner rather than later. If he were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world. Those were voices from the BBC, NBC News, and the White House. A taste of the dialogue in the West around the potential for war in Ukraine. In this episode, we're going to consider the cybersecurity threat that accompanies the very real threat of kinetic war there. Ukraine has long been known as a live-fire environment in cybersecurity circles, but with Russian aggression intensifying, there are concerns that cyber attacks may signal the beginning of a broader conflict following a string of attacks in the last week that targeted Ukrainian government and private sector websites. The United States Department of Homeland Security has also warned that Russia may target, quote, U.S. networks from low-level denials of service to destructive attacks targeting critical infrastructure, unquote, in retaliation for perceived threats against it, though the threshold for such action is believed to be high. To learn more about cyber threats against Ukraine and how the country is preparing for it, I spoke with Viktor Jura. My name is Viktor Jura. I'm Deputy Head of State Service for Special Communication and Information Protection of Ukraine. I'm responsible for digital transformation and uh, cybersecurity. The news we're reading in the states out of Ukraine suggests, uh, you know, precarious situation, uh, concerns are rising about how a conflict with Russia would play out in cyberspace in particular. What is your assessment of the threat landscape at present? Uh, we feel constant uh, aggression since 2014, and uh, we believe that cyber aggression is a part of uh, this hybrid warfare uh, which is provided against Ukraine. Uh, and we can link all those uh, attacks that happened earlier uh, since the election hack, uh, which happened in May uh, 2014, uh, with the later attacks like uh, attack on a power grid, the first attack in history, with the use of black energy, malware, then attacks on some government institutions, and finally an attack on NotPetya the most uh, destructive attack in history. Now we, we consider the recent cyber attack as a part of a series of uh, attacks against Ukrainian infrastructure. And uh, uh, of course, we, we, we get a lot of signals uh, uh, on potential cyber uh, operations uh, from the end of uh, last year. And uh, uh, we were aware of bad things that can happen uh, in our networks, uh, in our infrastructure. And now our goal is to uh, to restore current uh, damaged uh, infrastructure, which is basically done, and uh, get ready to potential new attacks that happen near the future, together with uh, other things that are happening in the information sphere, uh, borders, etc., etc. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, these most recent attacks. Uh, I understand on on January 14th, the websites of Ukrainian government government agencies uh, were hacked, defaced. And then the following day, I understand you had a sort of data wiping malware attack uh, targeting systems across various agencies, uh, but also nonprofits, IT companies in in the public sector. Um, What can you tell us about those attacks and, and what they presage? We are confident that that was a complex uh, uh, cyber attack. A defacement of websites was uh, the part of this attack. It was combined with manual destruction of uh, external IT resources and uh, uh, using of uh, specially designed wiper malware in some uh, internal network segments. And uh, there's also a topic to discuss if any data uh, has been leaked uh, during this attack. So because uh, because of uh, numerous uh, speculations uh, on that, and we believe this could be a part of uh, information operation. To our consideration, there was a group of hackers uh, which operated uh, for several hours uh, during night from 13 to 14 January. And uh, they used uh, companies' uh, infrastructure, companies that uh, has developed website on a single uh, content management system called October CMS. They use this infrastructure to get into uh, ministries and uh, uh, government organization infrastructures and then provide uh, uh, further actions, mostly destructive actions. We suggest there were three uh, vectors of this attack. Uh, First, uh, which I mentioned supply chain attack and then later use of uh, different vulnerabilities one of them uh, in October CMS, and the other is Log4j. But now we continue investigation, and our goal is to find out uh, uh, what's happened in uh, each particular uh, ministry or government agency. We, we see a lot of manual work, and uh, we see coordination, but uh, we believe that uh, each hacker or hacking group was responsible for particular uh, object of attack. Uh, and uh, because of uh, our timely actions uh, and uh, manual shutdown of uh, several tens of uh, resources, the attack was stopped. This allowed us to minimize uh, the damage that uh, they caused to infrastructures. We've seen reports that your government has assigned a blame to a, a hacker group with ties to intelligence in, in Belarus. Um, is that accurate? I would continue to to a previous answer uh, regarding information from Microsoft blog uh, on IT companies and non-government uh, non-profit organizations. We have uh, information only from government agencies, and we now uh, have two agencies confirmed uh, uh, where uh, this uh, uh, wiper malware was registered. Uh, so uh, this was uh, simultaneous sections. Uh, it, it was done uh, during uh, the defacement uh, phase of an attack. Uh, and now uh, we are interested if anything else uh, could continue to stay uh, in uh, network uh, segments of government agencies or anywhere else, uh, like mentioned, nonprofit organizations and uh, uh, other businesses. Uh, with regards to uh, information on, uh, on some uh, APT groups and uh, potential attribution to Belarus, uh, I don't think uh, uh, 
we we are ready to come out with a final attribution. So it would be very accurate. There are some versions uh, and from some facts, from some uh, intel information, from uh, science uh, on uh, uh, tactics and techniques. So we see that uh, this attack is similar to to techniques that uh, Russia Federation uh, APT groups uh, often use to attack uh, infrastructures. So we have uh, several versions, and uh, each of them uh, should be uh, should be treated very carefully to provide a final attribution, uh, which uh, should convince everybody that it was done professionally, and there is no doubt that uh, particular persons and uh, countries are responsible for organizing and uh, and providing a funding tech. You mentioned that there's an information component to these attacks that have taken place in the in the last week or so. Uh, what is the kind of goal that you see behind that information component, or how does it cross over uh, into uh, concerns about disinformation from the cybersecurity lens? The first hit was uh, disinformation. So the picture which was uh, put on the main pages of the defacement site uh, should, uh, uh, should lead us to a conclusion that uh, uh, Poland could uh, potentially stand behind this attack, but we uh, we uh, immediately understand that it is, it's a false flag, since uh, to to information Poland uh, was attacked uh, the same the same day, and we have close uh, close ties with, with our Polish colleagues. Uh, so uh, this wasn't successful, to my opinion, uh, at all from hackers' uh, plans. Uh, the second is to. Uh, to bring as much damage as, as they could. And that's, uh, to my opinion, explains uh, the use of Viper malware and uh, a manual uh, erasement of some servers and uh, workstations, especially in the virtual environments. The idea was uh, to, to show their strength and the potential of uh, uh, attackers. This is a, this is a sign uh, for, for, for us uh, to get ready to more destruction, more destruction actions from their side. Uh, the other reasons was to speculate around uh, data leakage and uh, trying to prove uh, that uh, government uh, has no resources uh, to protect uh, personal data of Ukrainians. To our opinion, then they mixed some uh, old data and uh, trying to sell it on hacker forums just to show that uh, it could be a commercial story, not uh, state-sponsored. And uh, this is also a try to put a false flag. Uh, and the final point that I would like to discuss is, uh, uh, is the whole uh, uh, disinformation uh, campaign uh, uh, directed to seeding uh, chaos and instability uh, in Ukrainian society. It's combined with other unfriendly actions uh, in information sphere. So uh, we believe this, this cyber attack was planned, was uh, uh, timely, uh, timely chosen to uh, be combined with, uh, with other actions. And uh, this is uh, more complex than we thought on the first day. We continue uh, investigation and uh, hopefully we'll come out with some new facts, uh, technical details of this attack. Uh, which uh, potentially could be of uh, interest to our international colleagues uh, since uh, uh, Ukraine uh, 
is one of main targets in cyber war, but uh, uh, Ukraine isn't the only country which uh, is being under attack and uh, our partners uh, should be also aware of what can happen uh, in their infrastructures. I understand that Ukrainian people are fairly stoic in the face of this threat, having lived with it now for some years, but is there any effort that you have to take to prepare the population for the types of threats you're dealing with? Are you taking extra steps to do so? Not petty attack, uh, uh, to my opinion, brought a lot to raising of awareness of people that uh, cyber security is important. Uh, and now, uh, when new huge attack happened, society is is more interested in what's happening and how the state is taking measures to uh, counteract and to, to resist all those uh, attacks. Uh, that's important. At the same time, the government uh, puts a lot of attention to uh, to protection of our uh, IT assets of critical infrastructure for last uh, uh, eight years. And uh, for the last year, uh, a lot of work has been done uh, to uh, raise, uh, uh, to increase resistance of Ukraine in cyberspace. I'm far away from a thought that it is sufficient. And now uh, we offered sets of measures, especially uh, uh, in the legal sphere, to uh, protect uh, uh, Ukrainians' infrastructure, to uh, hire uh, people uh, responsible for cybersecurity at each agency, at each uh, uh, critical infrastructure object, uh, to raise the level of responsibility of these people, to uh, find uh, new fundings for protection, for cyber protection, and uh, uh, a lot of other initiatives that will allow us uh, to quickly uh, to quickly strengthen our infrastructures and whole cybersecurity system. Uh, at the same time, we constantly monitor our uh, IT system on suspicious activities. Uh, so we analyze the behavior and uh, uh, we understand all risks uh, of, of potential attacks that can happen soon. And uh, this, of course, uh, uh, is a result of... Uh, uh, measures and uh, attention and appropriate policy uh, that is provided by the state in a recent uh, year or two. What support do you need from your allies, particularly the U.S.? Um, and, and you've mentioned Microsoft. Uh, um, what role do companies play in this conflict um, in supporting your cybersecurity effort? Our service uh, uh, signed uh, an agreement with Microsoft, which was called uh, Government Security Program. So we are responsible uh, from Ukrainian side on acting uh, within a framework of this uh, of this agreement, and uh, uh, Microsoft helped us with uh, information on uh, on the Viper uh, malware, which was uh, registered and which was described in their blog. So uh, we uh, other companies uh, are also helping us uh, on the basis of the same memorandums that we signed with them. Uh, and we, uh, of course, appreciate the help which was immediately offered by U.S. Embassy and other U.S. officials and uh, European colleagues uh, from uh, United Kingdom. Uh, a lot of a lot of our partners uh, offered their help, and uh, we really appreciate this. Well, with regards to to how this help uh, would uh, would be useful and beneficial for us, uh, I would tell that uh, our efforts were focused first on. Uh, quick uh, restoring of infrastructures and uh, putting uh, websites and other resources into 
a normal mode of operation. The second phase was to collect uh, evidences, to collect all logs, all dumps, all uh, files that uh, could be uh, could be in use uh, could, and uh, could act as a digital evidence to provide a comprehensive contribution. And in this point, it's very important to to allow uh, uh, foreign uh, experts to join the team, uh, the investigation team, to first of all to share this uh, this experience. Uh, and to, to bring a more broad vision of what can happen and uh, to come out probably with a joint statement of uh, two states or more states on a particular incident. I believe that we, we need to find out particular people and uh, potentially state who uh, stands behind this attack. Uh, it's important for further measures, for understanding what's happening and for a future future actions uh, that should be uh, taking uh, on uh, internal and external policy level. Another headline that we've had here in the States is around uh, the efforts of a group called Cyber Partisans, their infiltration of a a Belarusian rail network uh, to disrupt the movement of of Russian troops into the country. Is, Is that type of of activity uh, helpful, hurtful to your situation? How do you regard that kind of external activity in the in the information sphere? Of course, uh, uh, we uh, attentively consider all those news, but uh, to our opinion, any, any illegal activity and any breaches that can happen in the internet uh, are not a sign of, uh, uh, of responsible behavior in cyberspace. Um, while Ukraine uh, want to be a part of this uh, community, and we have uh, uh, we have a long history of uh, of being a target of resistance of counteracting, and I'm sure that uh, Ukraine has a lot of experience and practice which we can share with our partners and be an active participant of this uh, uh, of this uh, community. Uh, so. Um, Unfortunately, I cannot comment uh, what happened uh, there uh, in Belarus, uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's important to to build this broad uh, information picture of what's uh, uh, happening right now in order to uh, to align our decisions uh, across the whole geopolitical situation and uh, cyber operations in other countries as well. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to get across? I uh, probably covered uh, uh, everything that uh, we have up to the moment, uh, uh, but uh, uh, we we are trying to provide uh, uh, the uh, transparent uh, communication uh, policy here at our service and on the country level. So uh, I wish everybody to stay tuned and to uh, to use official information resources from. Uh, our service and from other government agencies, and I'm sure uh, we'll have uh, uh, some more interesting facts uh, in the near future. Well, we will follow very closely, and we we wish you the absolute best in these coming weeks. Thank you so much, Justin. That's it for this episode. Hope you'll send us your feedback. You can write to me at justin at techpolicy.press or find us on Twitter at techpolicypress. Thanks to my co-founder, Brian Jones. Thanks to Victor Girard. And thank you for listening. Tech Policy Press.